0: what's going on everyone it's Bales, and welcome back to another episode of afl fantasy head-to-head where we put two players up against each other and we decide who we're going to pick between the two this is episode nine of the series if you haven't checked out the other eight episodes make sure you do either on the youtube videos or on the podcast wherever you get your podcast So make sure to like subscribe and and follow all that good stuff across those Joining me, special guest making his debut on the channel. It is part of the coaches panel. Uh, it is Rids. Rids, mate,
1: how you doing? Hey, you going, Bales?
0: Yeah, good, mate. Uh, preseason, as I've said, there a lot of people really uh, starting to ramp up, which is great, and gets all these good fantasy discussions, which uh, I know you're a big fan of. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure it's uh, starting to kick in uh, very much uh, for you as well.
1: Yeah, unfortunately for me, though, the wife doesn't appreciate it as much as what I do, and I tend to speak to other fantasy coaches more than her through this time of the year. So I'll give her your number, mate, and you can discuss it and explain that to her. Okay. Yeah, there we go. I'll,
0: I'll back your ribs, That's for sure. Cause uh, fantasy uh, talk has got to be at the top of the tree, um, especially for me as well. So, um, but yeah, talk, in this episode, we ta- again, we've talked um, a lot of these episodes have been about yeah, the high price brands because people sign the two. We've had a couple of value ones, but this is going right down to the lowest that we've really been uh, in this series, and it's going to be George Wardlaw and Paddy Dow that we're going to be discussing. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, with these two um, really where we're going to go. So I'll be taking George Wardlaw, and then Rids will be taking Paddy Dow, and sort of uh, we'll have a bit of a chat about these two and see who we pick at the end. So. George Wardlaw will start off with, um, but obviously first year, last year, interrupted to start the to start the year. Didn't play at all in the first nine weeks and and yeah, was was managed throughout his year and didn't really have too much high game time. But the thing that impressed me the most is is his points per minute was was very, very good. He was able to score when he was on the ground. So just even just referencing some of these scores here from some of the like low time grand games. So he scored eighty two in his first game against Sydney, and and that really put him on the map. And he had nine tackles, sixteen touches, really impressive debut from him. He had a ninety seven against Judo West down uh, down at Blundstone Arena. I remember watching that game um, at a, at a pub, uh, and he just he was one of the best players on the ground. He he really was, and really looked good. Twenty two touches, nine tackles, very very good. Um, had this, obviously by came back, played the Crows, got an eighty six, very uh, strong numbers there as well. Twenty two disposals with seven tackles. And and he was a bit managed throughout the year. Uh, like the back end, only played two games. Um, following that, only around eighteen and twenty. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head what the reason was. He might could have been injury, could have been resting. I'm not exactly sure, but he just he looked really impressive. And a guy that with North Melbourne continuing to get better, they've got LD at the top of the tree, Simpkins there as well. But I think Wardlaw's got to be. I think he's the next guy there. And and. With a full pre season under his belt, I think those time on ground stats are, are going to um, rise up. So, Ridge, I'll throw to you now with uh, Wardlaw. Is that how do you see his second season going? Obviously, as we said, limited game time uh, was obviously in injury interrupt at the start of the year and, and was managed and stuff. And I can't remember if it was injury at the back half, back end of the year as well. But how do you see Wardlaw's season going in 2024 with North Melbourne uh, looking to uh, take another step forward in
1: their development? Well, they, um, David King's been down a train in the last few weeks, has been tweeting quite a bit, and he's actually mentioned Wardlaw as being right in that midfield mix. He is a high draft pick. He was a beast as a junior, this kid. Like, really, he would have started in all our fantasy teams last year if he was actually fit for round one. So, And you know what? It doesn't matter why he missed the end to last year. We should be thanking North Melbourne that they looked after him because he is their next 15 years of future for mid pretty much as they go through. My only question marks about him is he's very contested. He's very, very heavy on the inside ball. I just would like to see, and maybe we will with another preseason, yeah, Can he get more on the outside? Can he get some more of those transitional points that Jaden talks about quite often? You know, that's the only thing. I'd like to see a more even spread between the stoppage and the transitional points. And if he gets that, mate, he's popping. There's no doubt about it. It's a beautiful selection for this discussion. So that's my view on it. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be
0: very interesting. Like we've we've obviously talked about Matt Rowe is probably the one that a lot of people go back to that has, has been trying to add that outside element to his game. And and yeah, obviously Wardlaw being in his first year, he is such a contested player. And if, if he can add that a little bit more of that element of that outside game and and add some more marks, then that's gonna not only is he gonna get see that bump in Tom on ground, he's potentially gonna see a bump if he can add the outside game. So that's gonna be potentially two um, real positives, and that's what could really um, shoot him up sort of in value straight away to start the year. And, and I was talking with Calvin on um, one of the previous episodes and, and using his scale of hardness, he was saying that North Melbourne have got a, a pretty decent run for the first seven, eight weeks. So a guy like Wardlaw, if he gets that bump, gets that a little bit more outside ball, then with a decent run, that could really um, set you off. Is is that what you sort of see, Ridge? Do you think that Wardlaw can get off to
1: a, to a strong start and potentially add that extra element to his game? So I think when we're looking at players at this price bracket, okay, priced around that fifty-five to sixty. We're looking for cash. We're looking for quick cash. We don't want to hold on to these guys. We want a will setterfield type. You know what I mean? Last year he was Priced at 610, which is around about 69 to start last year. But what he did was he got out of the guns really quickly. His first six games, he averaged 104 and made 211,000 in profit doing so. So they're the guys. And, you know, a very familiar name around the circle, DT Lemon often references this in his conversations. Quick cash is the key for these guys. You want to get in there, make the cash, and get out of there as quick as possible.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a a very good point. That is and that is the key for some of these mid-prices. I'm just having a look at, like, Wardlaw's marks here. So, like, he took two against Giants, four against Adelaide, two against Sydney, one against Essendon, five against Collingwood, three against Hawthorne, and they didn't take any marks against the Bulldogs. So I did notice in that – I remember that Giants game was the one that really – stood out to me that he kicked a couple of goals but he didn't have the marks per se but he did get involved in the outside and and we did obviously reference that as well if he can add that to his game that's that is another string to his bow that could really elevate him into that sort of 80 plus um average that would be fantastic and make some quick cash where do you see Rids? it's obviously a bit hard to probably put a s like an estimation of what he's going to average but Early pre-season what do you sort of see Wardlaw what are you projecting
1: him um, to do before seeing any action from North Melbourne? So he's priced at 61 at the moment so these types I'd like to see 20-25 value points in it so around the 80-85 I think he's going to fall a little bit short of that so yes. that's why I'm not as bullish as what others are in the community on Wardlaw types I just don't see that quick cash generation. So I think he's around that 75 to 80 only because of the mouths to feed in North. You've got Simpkins, you've got LDU. I mean, you don't have Taron Thomas anymore anyways, but you're going to have say, um, McCurcher across half bar. Yeah. You got she's going into the yeah. midfield potentially. There's just so many mouths there. It's like, yeah. I just don't see like, I like my rookies going into the second year being, like, not in such a strong, deep midfield to have the opportunity to get that 2025 bump yep. in value of the compared to what they're priced at. So – and it's not far off it. So he still – it only takes one or two scores here. If we're only looking at a four-, five-, six-game stretch to make quick cash – it is only a one, maybe a two. With that five price cycle that we actually got in AF, it's, it's crazy how much that can drive it. So, yeah. yeah, it's hard, though. If we're talking about for the year, I think 75, 80. Is he capable of doing 85 over a five or six-game stretch? 100%. And you know the best thing about it. He's more likely to do that early in the season. Because yep. he's fresh, he's yep. you know he's going to be re. He didn't have a preseason last year, so he's just coming off a preseason. He's ready to go. He'll be screaming for some action.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And yeah, if you can get, as you said, you can pop off those good scores early. That's what's really going to start the um, the cash. And as you referenced with Stedfield, he went bang to start, and that was what was so good about um, him uh, having those quick price rises. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how how George Walder goes. And and we. And, I hear people like referencing like Clayton Oliver had that it wasn't such a crowded midfield room coming into his second year and then he went bang and that's and you'd like that from Wardour but as you say a few minutes to feed them might sort of limit that ceiling a bit but if you get that good ceiling early then that could be what makes him a good pick. Moving on to the other side of the head-to-head battle is um, a guy that's been traded from Carlton and moved clubs over to St Kilda and. We've had years of promise, Rids, of, of Paddy Dow, and, and is this going to be the year? Is this going to be the year? And it, it's sort of just year on year, just, um, just not sure when he's going to um, go bang. But is this the year that he does um, at a new team of St Kilda? So what are your thoughts on uh, Paddy Dow, Rids, heading into 2024 at uh, St. Okay.
1: St. I believe Dow is absolutely primed to go pop. There's two reasons for that. He's come out of a very deep Carlton midfield mix. That's really deep. So there is that possibility, okay, in years gone by, especially last year where he was more fringe than first choice in those midfield rotations. He's then now gone to a club where really there's only two really prominent like midfield in that mix and that's Steele and crouch at this point in time like there might be someone else introduced and often that happens with pre-season yeah but right now he's priced at 56 now i want to reference the opportunity factor the last four games of last year he went at 81.5 over the last four games Now, he's priced at 56. There's your 25 points. And he doesn't have to do anything different besides having opportunity and having those CBAs, that midfield role at the Saints that he's been promised pretty much to go there. He's going to be the third in line. And there's potential, because of his attributes of being able to burst away from stoppage, he presents a lot more than what a Brad Crouch does. Um, He may pass... Brad Crouch really quickly early yeah. on, a la Will Setterfield, who I mentioned just recently. Same sort of makeup. Had that opportunity, a few injuries. He got it inside mid-roll. It was only a burst of six games to make 200000 Paddy Dow smells the same. He's absolutely reeks Setterfield to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, and Dossie will be very, very happy that you're you saying all this uh, his boy, hopefully uh, he'll be seeing him go big. And yeah, I could see that as well. I think that that, that third midfield spot is definitely open at St. Kilda. I think you've, you've Sinclair has, has has gone in at times, but I, he, he's so good at halfback and so damaging that maybe St. Kilda want him there. Zach Jones has, has had plenty of like, opportunity, but also just his, his injury as well. Just obviously always getting injured and, there's just some other, like Seb Ross is obviously getting on in age as well, getting to the back end of his career, and so they, they they got Paddy down for a reason. So like, I can only imagine that they're gonna they're gonna put him in there, and I think it's a it's a massive preseason watch because if he shows something in the match sim and the preseason game, I think that priced it as cheap as he is, I think that he's a perfect M6, M six, M five. if you're just going guns and sort of rookies, would make one mid price, but then he could even go as M sort of. M7 probably going a bit too deep just because of the rookies that we got in and Sanders. So probably M6 is the, is the sweet spot for him. So is that where you're sort of seeing Dow if if you're going to select him and even Wardour as well? Is that M6 um, is sort of that the sweet spot if you're going to be picking one of these two?
1: Well, we're looking at best 18, so over four of the first six rounds as well of our scoring rounds. So the more of these types deepens your best 18, and then if one of those or two of those rookies pop in any given week, they you're looking at a pretty decent score in that best 18 round. So I think M6, if you want to go as deep as M7, you have the avenues to do so this year. You think about the value across all the lines. There's no premium forward right now that's sitting there going, pick me, pick me, pick me right now. Yeah. Okay, even we've all got question marks around Jackson McRae, the coach, Flanders, what's going to happen at Gold Coast. There's no one that's jumping off the page yet. Think about the backs. we got guys like Hayden Young who are touted as midfield. We've got rucks. When was the last time we had such awesome Mm. value ruck premiums? And I'm thinking Gorn, Grundy. There's avenues to get Dow in at M7 if you want that point of difference in comparison to, like, say, a Jeremy Sharp from Fremantle. And it's not going to cost you a leg and an arm to get there. So there's a lot of scope, and it's going to be really around what's the structure that fits your early buy strategy. Whatever you go, whether you want to – deem it, um, I'm going to start Williams or Walsh or Kitty Coleman or someone who's got that early buy because you can't miss out on the value. And at the end of the day, that's viable too, yeah? Maybe someone's comfortable paying 94 for Walsh, but they want to pay 102 after two rounds, after the first yep. round where there's two price rises, that mo- that's very viable. Like maybe it's a Kitty Coleman and you know what? They might have a curtain at maybe it is someone like a Dow at M7 or a, even a Wardlaw, potentially. That's the guy who's covering for whoever is missing that round in your best 18 because it doesn't matter it's not like best 18 is hey i need five defenders and four forwards and six mids it's just the best 18 across the park yeah so there's no rules about this
0: yeah and that's what that this opening round sort of it it throws a curveball and i'm not I initially didn't like the opening round, like just as a footy fan, just I just want to see the start Have Richmond Carlton as the opening game and then sort of kick into it. But as a fantasy coach, it does, it, it adds an element and sort of as we get closer, it's more exciting because we get to see these players in opening round. We get to d- have different strategies and and maybe as you said, you can maybe go a little bit deeper in your midfield this year because like the best day then, you maybe take advantage of and have more midfielders. And if Paddy Dow goes 80-plus average and maybe even goes like an 85-90 for the first six weeks, that's going to really sort of propel you up if the other rookies are going at 60, gaining 30 points potentially there, and, and then you're dropping off the bad scores. So it's, it is really, really interesting um, to see how, how this all goes. So, uh, But the good thing is with these two, they don't have the opening round by They both play um, right through, which is really beneficial, especially for... Cover mid prices here where they can play through, hopefully get it, um, some good scores and go up in price. So just for reference as well, didn't say it before. Um Wardlaw is priced at 552k. Current ownership is 8.47. So a few people um jumping on um George Ward to start the preseason. And then Paddy Dow at 512k. It's a little bit cheaper there, um, is in 5.67% of teams. So a little bit lower, but potentially could have the more upside out of the two. So Ridge, the time has come to pick between the two of who would be going um, between Wardlaw
1: and Dow. So, Ridge, if you had to pick one, who would you be picking in 2024? I'm picking Paddy Dow, hands down. I did that on purpose too, Bales. see what I did there. <laughs> Dow. <laughs> yes. Yep, I did. I did. I like that one. That's a very, very good one. Um, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm the same as well, I think. I think that there's less names in front of Dow to get the opportunity. Whereas as you mentioned before, North Melbourne, you got LDU and Simpkin at the top, but then you've got your Powers, your Phillips, your, your McCurches, if Sheasel goes in there, like there's like there's so many names for Wardlaw to compete with. Whereas Dow, as you said, steel, And as you said, Crouch, who knows? What if Dow gets off to a great start and, and usurps him and goes to number the number two mid? But I think there's a
1: realistic chance he's the number three mid. So I'm I just well. wanted to yeah. throw something at your bales before I yep. disappear, and I am going to disappear soon. So sorry, people, for rambling <laughs> a lot. But I referenced Setterfield before with a six-round. Why would I have done six rounds? Could you just think of the obvious reason why? Yep, the opening buys last six rounds. You're right. So if you can find one of these types that can pop and earn you a quick 150000 200000 that you can then utilise and go into a guy coming off their buys and not have the early buy problem anymore, it's a nice little way to play this game.
0: Yeah, and that's we had that exact same discussion, uh, me and Cal as well. We, Matt Crouch and Josh Simpkin, if you can get these guys that don't have the, Matt Crouch and Simpkin don't have the early buy either, they can make a quick. Even hundred k and and go up to 850, 900, and let's say a, a Bontempelli or a Dawson or a, or a golden or Tom Green drop a little bit in price, then all of a sudden it's not costing you much to jump on. And as you say, the same thing with Downward, or if they can make a quick two hundred k, go up to seven 750, 800, eight hundred, you're not paying very much at all to get up to a to a fallen premium. So that's that's why these two pies are really really fascinating. There's so another uh, guy,
1: there's another yep. guy that I was really interested in who has the worst opening few rounds is nick daycox and he's the clear number one mm. defender in my eyes yep. he's got a potential fin tag he's got a buy there's a lot of reasons not to pick him right now guess what by round 6 round 7 he he's absolutely prime to go jump on yeah yeah exactly right and and
0: the anticipation is he'll drop in price and could be at 850 900k and yeah it's a perfect switch so yeah it's it's going to be very interesting Ridge, do you currently have either of these guys in your side at the moment can i say i got Dow at m7 right now there you go as you were talking about you were talking about the m7 um strategy so yeah i don't mind it i don't currently have either in my side but they're definitely if something if i see something pre-season it's going to be hard to leave them out and and I, yeah, it could be that play where I put one of them at M six, or as you say, M seven, and go a bit deeper, and and my bench a sharp or something like that. So I'm definitely got um, both of them up firmly on the watch list. But uh, that's going to do it for uh, another head to head episode. If you uh, let us know in the comments below what you guys think of George Wardlaw and Paddy Dow in the comments below. Uh, And if you've got any other questions, well, just chuck them through and answer those. If you haven't subscribed uh, to the channel already, make sure you do as we head towards 2,000 subscribers. And also, if you did like the video, make sure you do leave a like as well. Ridge, mate, thank you very much for jumping on the channel and and making your debut. Um, Where can the people find you across the socials and what can people be expecting um, with the coaches panel uh, as we gear up for the 2024 season?
1: Well, MJ's poor wife hasn't seen him for the last few weeks with the most relevant 50, most relevant going on. And he's still got a few more weeks to go. So you might hear me across that. I think my Twitter handle something like ridcp or something like that. But generally, you'll find me on the couch watching a bit of cricket and just relaxing after work. That's about it.
0: Yeah, love it. Yeah, make sure you go and give Rids fall And then, yeah, make sure you do get uh, around the coaches panel as well and sign up to their Patreon as well. That I know that they've they put it in the link for all the description stuff, but yeah, go and support them because uh fantastic content um, coming out of all the boys there, but um, you can find me at bars DT across the socials as well. And uh, these are obviously available as podcasts as well. So if you're listening on the AFL fantasy fanatics podcast, uh, make sure you give us a, uh, well, please give us a five star rating. That'd be very much appreciated. It does help spread the word for fantasy fanatics and uh, get more people involved. So if you do that, it'd be very much appreciated. But, uh, Yeah, next episode, we have got a couple of uh, interesting players to discuss, some defenders that aren't um, really being, one's being spoken about, but the other one, not as much. And it'll be very interesting to see uh, what certain stats man who could be the special guest with me on the next episode. So I'm looking forward to chat with him about these two defenders. But uh, until that episode, me and Rids, we're out. Cheers.